When you've had a long week and want to mix it up with something new and interesting to eat, try Blue Apron's two or four serving menu plans with those hard to find ingredients sure to spice up your weekend. With 60 plus options each week, you can choose from an ever-changing mix of high quality meat, fish, vegetarian, WW recommended and wellness offerings. Order now and get $110 off across your first five orders when you visit blueapron.com unique. back to the Direct-to-Video Connoisseur. As always, it's Matt here, and this week I'm joined by a very special guest. I've got uh, Simon Miller um, of Explosive Action here. Simon, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Matt. Thanks for having me. Yeah, so this is this is great. I mean, I think we, we tried to, to, to have you on back when I was doing the podcast in like 2014, and it was, um, the problem was we only did the podcast at like 8 p.m., New York time at that time, so we we were really limited to anybody we could get on the show. But I know that was not a good time. So at that time, uh, at then for for Australia as well. Yes, it's like uh, nearly ten o'clock here now. So I'm hopefully not keeping you awake early in the morning over there. No, 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 it's no problem at all. I don't mind doing it. It's good, you know. Anyway, we got to figure out how to how to how to make it work like that for sure. But yeah, it's nice now the way I do it now, where I just record the podcast and then. You know, upload it later. It allows me to do it at any time. At that at that time, we were doing it live at 8 p.m. We were part of like a podcast night, so pretty much oh. nobody could do the podcast unless they were in the East Coast in the United States, like uh, the England. That was like two in the morning for England. Obviously, yeah, for Australia, it was it was it was uh, you know not not a good time. Um, West Coast even in the United States. So this is nice that we can kind of have a lot of different people on. Yeah, this works out much better. Um, now, yeah, Simon, I've been wanting. Obviously, you know, we talked about that. You know, wanted to have you on for a while now. I, um, obviously, you know, big fan of, of your site. I think, um, especially uh, the, the the Japanese VHSs and things like that that you post, <laughs> especially on, on on Instagram. I love seeing those. Yeah, that's my um, my little passion. I don't really know why, but uh, I really uh, really grabbed onto uh, Japanese VHS. Uh, just one of those things that I kicked off nearly the same time as the blog around about 2010. Um, from reading from another blog, um, there's one called the um, uh, what's it exactly called? The uh, when the Vietnam War raged in the Philippines, I think is the name. Yeah. Of the blog. Um, yes. By uh, another guy called Jack Jensen, and uh, that got me into um, these action films that were shot in the Philippines, all about the Vietnam War, filled with American actors and shot on the cheap and that started me on a journey of Japanese VHS because that's where all those films were released. 
Yeah, yeah. I, love, and I, I was fortunate enough to know you, you sent me a, some some uh, DVD rips of some of those, especially I think uh, with the, the yep. two Strike Commandos, which I, which I loved, uh, along with uh, I think there was another. I think Robo War was another one. Um, right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's got, oh, oh, go ahead. Oh yeah, yeah. It's funny with those movies. It's like right there, they're American actors, they're Italian productions, and then they they kind of go to the Japanese market. But that uh, you know, the rest of us as action fans love them too. Yeah, it's it's a really strange thing that they uh, so many of them just sort of finish their life cycle on Japanese rental tapes, and then that's the end of it. And yeah, you've got to go digging to find them. So uh, that's been part of the fun. I'm still picking them up. I got another one a couple of weeks ago, and. Um, yeah, it's it's consistently a fun exercise trying to get these things as well. So sometimes the uh, chase is better than the catch, but uh, it's it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing I always remember about that site. On um, uh, you know, when the Vietnam War raged in in, in uh, is it when the Vietnam War raged in the Philippines? Um, yeah, one of the things. Yeah. He- yeah, I think he says something on his site that people will go to him and ask where you can download those movies or get those movies for free, and he yeah. said that he doesn't do that. And I think it's kind of the same thing that he just likes the idea of tracking them down. That's pretty much it. Yeah, um, Jack's been doing this longer than me, um, back into the '90s, I think, and uh, he gets Greek VHS, and uh, he's in um, where is he? I think he's in uh, in Denmark or something. So he gets a lot of tapes from that area. Um, and, uh, yeah, he certainly doesn't like or endorse downloads of things. Um, so yeah, you've got to go digging, but that's fine with me because I'm all about the physical media anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it, it is a really cool thing to, to find something, you know, track something like that down and have it. Um, I mean, I think for me, one of your recent ones that I saw on, on Instagram that I just a huge fan, just being a Gary Daniels fan was that you found the the secret of King Mahi's Island, um, which has that always been kind of a rare one. Serious. I was so happy to find that. Um, I got that from uh, there's a, there's actually a collectors of Japanese VHS group on Facebook, um, and I usually just just watch posts because 90% of it is people selling really strange, um, unsubtitled gore films um, that are usually Japanese, and yeah, I'm not that fussed about that. And then somebody was selling that tape, uh, and so. Yeah, I managed to get that one. That actually came from the States, and uh, I have never seen another copy before. It's not online anywhere that I can find, so that was a really rare find. I was very happy to get that. Yeah, yeah, that's one that I think way back when I started the direct-to-video connoisseur, you know, started doing Gary Daniels' movies, that was that one that was kind of tucked at the bottom of his IMDb page. And, um, yeah, it's like number one or two. Um, it's yeah. He did it back to back with uh, which one is it? Uh, is it Final Mission? I think is the name of it. Yeah, uh, Final Repri- Reprisal. Or Final Reprisal. That's Final, right. Is that yeah. the one? I think so. Yes, he did them back to back in the Philippines. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that's, so many of them. That that's what I find funny about a lot of the action films uh, from the eighties in the Philippines. So many people seem to have started there. Um, you've got um, Robert Patrick. Another one that, you know, Terminator 2. He, he started in these little crappy Philippine action films. Um, I think that's fantastic. He doesn't like to talk about them. Right. <laughs> yes, that's the problem with that fantastic. kind of thing. 
Yeah, none of them ever want to talk about those movies that they did in the past. I don't. I, I think the story wasn't the story with Gary Daniels that he went to the Philippines uh, with his girlfriend, pretending to be a movie star when he got there to try to get <laughs> roles. I think that's what it was, or something like that. That's fantastic. I completely would believe that. Um, I hadn't heard that though. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't remember where I saw that, but yeah, he. I guess he 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 kind of acted like he was some kind of big action star or something like that, or just gave them the impression that that was the case. And uh, that, that's when they cast him in those two movies at that time and everything kind of went for them. I mean, he went through, I think he went through a big period after those two movies where he was doing like a lot of small parts and like things and finally got those big PM entertainment ones. But I think yeah, that's, that's, that's yep. yeah, yeah, he had heaps of little tiny little, uh, little roles in, um, uh, there was a, I'm not going to remember the name of it, but um, as well as Japanese VHS, I've started for some reason buying um, uh, VCDs. Uh, I'm just all about the old media. And there's a um, Hong Kong action film. The name escapes me at the moment, but um, it's all in uh, Cantonese. But in the pre-credits opening scene, he has a kickboxing fight with uh, the leading lady and loses. And then the credits roll. And that's he's on IMDb. It's listed in there, but it's it's barely a role. I guess he was just uh, just trying to get by at that point. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I, know, it, it, I guess he's kind of in the same mold now because now he's doing a lot of like uh, low budget ones from Thailand um, and yeah. things like that. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of interesting to think about that now. That like, uh, yeah, at that time he was kind of just trying to break in, and then you know had, he's he's got so many great ones that we just love that um, it's always kind of interesting to see him in those kinds of things. That's right. Yeah, just these little bit pieces. But uh, um, I think his PM stuff is is definitely my favorite. Um, you know, movies like Rage and Recall. Um, yeah, Rage particularly is uh, probably one of the best ones. Yeah, yeah, we were, um, I was, um, I the, uh, we had a, a PM Entertainment podcast where we had uh, the guys from Comeuppance Reviews on, and um, yeah, and I think that one, um, Rage was the one, I think it was Rage, um, yeah, Rage or Recoil, I can't remember, one of those two was like in our, top, but it was like we were talking about how there's almost like the three R's with him, right, where, yeah, where the, getting like yeah. then too, is it Rage, is it Recoil, which one is it? Right, right, yeah, because because I I know there's the there's riot is the Christmas one with um that's, that's right <laughs> yeah yeah and the then um, yeah and then he's got and then I think yeah and then you've got um riot and or rage and recoil rage is the one right where he there's like some kind of experiment going on or something yeah where, yeah yeah and then uh, recoil is the one with the the, the, the mob right the the mob trying to kill him and his, all the all the cops or whatever. Yeah, that that sounds right. That's my recollection. Right. Yes. Yeah. It's like yeah. There was like the, the, the three R's of of, uh, of 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 Gary Daniel. Yeah. He's always got those. Sort of, yeah. I mean, he's still he's still doing them. He's still making them. I know he he goes to Thailand and makes a bunch, or he'll make some in in Mexico. There's a, a director there that he makes some with, and so he's still. I mean, he's the one like like Dolph. We we're about to do the 50th Dolph movie, but Gary Daniels is right there. I think we've got like 40 something tags of his movies on the on the I'm, site. So. Uh, done so many i've been i've been chasing um chasing my backlog the ones that i don't have um like you know um Marty's island um mm-hmm. and uh then final reprisal which somehow escaped me geez his act is kind of rough funny <laughs> <laughs> he's uh he's far better in um in the other film in, in Marty's island than um that he was in final reprisal uh, yeah 
reading off a cue card. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the that was the thing for him. Like, yeah, he just I don't know. Yeah, there's something about um his uh. Yeah, it, 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 there's certain roles, like, if you can kind of keep him to action and keep him talking about doing, you know, and he also, he seems to be a pretty good baddie in movies as well, uh, which, which is always interesting to see him, um, because it, you prefer to see him as the hero, because you can see him beating up a bunch of people, but um, he does seem to play a pretty good baddie, too. Yeah, he does, um, but you're right, I do prefer pretty much across the board to see the action star, that you know, the, the actual names, to be the good guys. And I get thrown when I see, um, like, Van Damme being a bad guy. It just throws me. It doesn't feel right. But <laughs> what can you do? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, so the movie we're looking at today, um, Avengement, which um, I thought, you know, when we were talking, you know, talking about having you on the podcast, I thought this might be a really good one because I, I think I had seen on your, your Instagram or your, your, your YouTube that you'd posted uh, that you own the Blu-ray copy of this. So I figured, okay, this is this is one that, that you, you'll probably... And then when I mentioned it, you were like, yes, of course, this is definitely the one to talk about. Oh, it's a fantastic film. Um, I've watched it uh, three times, I think, now. Um, produced a few extra people to it. Um, I, I have these... Uh, movie nights with some of my friends um, and it's always been the you know oh Simon will bring the bad movies and the, you know that they expect me to bring low quality films that we can laugh with or laugh at but I'm always bringing across one that I've watched that I know was actually a quality film and the last time I brought that was a Benjamin and uh, it, was, it was good to get a crowd of people go silent during all the scenes and then get to the end of it and just go oh that was a real movie <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing about Avengement for me is that um, you know, I was on, on hiatus, I come back from hiatus, and of course Scott Adkins is working a lot. You know, he's just doing like four movies a year, four or five movies a year. And so I was looking at like what, what I wanted to do for Adkins when I got back in and I see I see Avengement. And of course Netflix is trying to get me to watch Avengement because they've got it, you know, splashed everywhere here in the States. And um I look at it, I see, okay, I see Scott Adkins' face is all scarred up and he's got, you know, metal teeth and everything, and I'm thinking like <laughs> Uh, I don't know if this, I'm hearing good things about this, but I, I don't know if this is like the movie for me. And so I did Debt Collector instead and, you know, started posting it, you know, on Facebook and things like that. And the comments were all, hey, that's really great that you're doing Scott Adkins again, but you've got to do Avengement. And so I was like, OK, yeah. all right. Yes, all right. I, I will. I will do that. And um, so I, I, of course, you know, I've, I've watched it as well. And I, I couldn't believe I mean, I, I was trying to remember the last time a direct-to-video movie like had this kind of buzz, like pot, you know, like buzz after people had seen it, not like, you know, everybody's anticipating it, but like everybody seems to just be like, this is the movie right now. Um, I was, I, I was thinking back to maybe like black dynamite that, that, uh, Michael Jai white did, um, or, um, maybe the, the universal soldier one, um, day of reckoning that had, um, uh, you know, Dolph Van Damme and Scott Adkins. Um, it, it's been a while since a direct to video movie was this good, I think. It's really raised the bar, I think. Um, in the last few years, I think we're starting to see some higher quality direct-to-video action films. Like uh, the budgets seem to be better, or they can do more with the budgets, and they they know how to use digital video better now to not look uh, like cheap nineties. They look they look as you know, reasonably as, as close to a, a Hollywood film as they're going to get. I think that helps. Um, Definitely, Scott's films of like the last five or six years are just uh, leaps and bounds ahead of these earlier stuff. So, yeah, we're, we're in a good spot now for, for films. I'm, I'm really enjoying the things that are coming out. 
Yeah, and you know the thing about Avengement, I think that really struck me was that, you know, you, you, I always joke about like action movies being like kind of the same pacing as like a, a musical or something, where it's like instead of having a, a dance number or something like that, you've got a um, you know fight scene or whatever. And yeah. it, it feels like this movie takes the art of the fight scene and just really ramps up the brutality aspect of it, but does it in a way that just really works. Like it, it, it the, the whole thing. I mean. You know, I don't want to call it artistic, but it almost is like artistic in the way that they 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 use the brutality in those fight scenes to just take it to a different level. Yeah, that's a good point. They they really do, um, and I think as well, particularly in this film, um, it's got a, a soundtrack that really supports that. Um, it's quite uh, it's, it, it's weird. It's like um, it's almost like classical but urban. It's a strange mix, I think, the soundtrack, and it flows really well with the. Uh, with the action and, and the way that they shoot it, it does seem like a ballet. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it, it's interesting because, you know, comparing this one to the debt collector, um, one of the things about the debt collector that I didn't like was that it felt like it was like, you know, okay, Atkins and, and Mandalore go to try to collect the debt. It goes sideways. You know, Atkins gets thrown through a wall a couple times trying to fight the guy. And, you know, Mandalore maybe breaks a, a, a vase or something over his head. And, okay, they collect the money and go on to the next one. And it just seemed like it was yeah. getting repetitive. And it felt like this movie, just before you had a chance to feel like maybe it was just going to be like, okay, you know, guys in the, in, in, in the prison start a fight with him. He, 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 fen- he fends them off. You know, uh, guards come in, break it up, you know, repeat. Just when it felt like it was going to do that, they, they stopped it. It was almost like they kind of they, – they, it was almost like um, – and I think it was the same director and writer for this one, uh, Jesse Johnson, I think his name is. Um, yes. Who, uh, yeah, and so it's almost like they, he knew from Debt Collector where he, maybe watching it him back again saying like, okay, this is getting too repetitive. And it's almost like they, they knew when to stop it here um, and, and – and, and, you know, get into something else or bring on other elements of the movie. Um, so it never had that feeling of being overly repetitive. Um, plus, I mean, Scott Adkins in these fight scenes, he just was just bringing it so heavy that it was, you know, the, the fight scenes themselves were better than the ones in Dead Collector. Oh, he's an absolute powerhouse. Um, that, it's definitely the most entertaining part about these films is that he's martial arts quite pure. But he mixed martial arts skills. He knows exactly what he's doing. It's not uh, day. I think he perhaps he does it himself, and he's completely believable that would actually screw you up with with his skill. Not uh, not like uh, you know Steven Seagal with his slap boo and that they you know they bring bring a guy that looks just like him is quite looking like him, and you, you lose everything. But this is just God, it's God, fantastic. Yeah, yeah, you know, I think I've talked with that. I think maybe I, I talked with um, Ty and Brett at Come Up. It's about this idea that, yeah, you know, you, 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 we watch those movies a lot of times, you know, whether it's Seagal or even like a, an actor who doesn't do martial arts, and it's like these really quick edits to, like you said, you know, bringing in stunt doubles or maybe just quickly moving between shot and angle to, to make you think that they're punching somebody when they really aren't. And, you know, for somebody that has the kind of skill that Scott Adkins has, he doesn't want that, right? He wants big takes he wants long takes and he wants he wants to show off his skills and even though it's going to take a toll on him and i don't i honestly don't know how he does four or five movies a year with the kind of high octane <laughs> fighting that he does Crazy. in his movies <laughs> oh yeah it is i mean i mean i guess like i just saw triple threat and that one i think he has one fight see i mean oh i don't know if he call it one it's like sort of 
multiple ones with with with, with Tony John and and a few of the other actors. But it's like they're all at the end there, so he kind of gets them all out of the way, I guess, at once. So it's not quite like this, where it's like so many fight scenes. Um, but it just seems like I don't, yeah, I don't know how the, the it must be taking a toll on him. But I, I feel like, you know, he comes from from our 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 time. You know, I mean, he's the same age as us, or you know, around the same age, and so he. It's almost like he watched the same movies we watched, and he wants to give us the kind of content that he would have wanted to have in a movie. I think that's exactly right. Um, he said things before, like uh, um, how honoured he was to work with uh, Van Damme on um, the, the couple of films that he has, because he grew up watching Bloodsport and, and Kickboxer. Um, so he is, he's just an action fan like the rest of us, and he gets to present, a, to present the films to us. So um, he's, he's in a very lucky spot. Yeah, and that's a good point too, because one thing I think I have noticed, you know, you know, bringing up like like Seagal, um, you know, or, or you know, Van Damme, or some of these guys who are who are getting a, you know older now at this point. You know, they're they're in their 60s. Um, Seagal's gonna be 68, I think, this year. But I think, uh, oh, wow. uh, <laughs> yeah, it's amazing to think that. I mean, but Van Damme, I think, just turned 60, or uh, yeah, either just turned 60 or he's like just in into his 60s. Um, and it seems like he does have this kind of wanting to pass the torch on to, to, to other guys. And I think he, you know, has, you know, it seems like when you watch those movies that he does with Atkins, that he, he wants that. He wants people to see Atkins do what he does and be kind of that, that next guard, which I, I think that has been good to see, at least in watching the movies that they've done together. Yeah, I think you're right there. Um, that the films that, um, Van Damme has, has been taking on have been less, action heavy i mean starting with things like his his almost biopic the jcvd one that um so sort of signal a change in the, in the films he was doing he still does some action but it's uh there's a bit more focusing on characters and drama in a lot of his films now and that's fine i mean that's it's the same with um you know big hitters like schwarzenegger um now he's playing you know the, the town sheriff in in movie that's just what you do when you get older so yeah yeah and i think that's you know i think that that's for us that that's good to you know like we like seeing those guys on screen um but you know now having someone like a scott adkins um i mean there are a few others right now that are doing really great stuff like like michael jai white's another one tony jaw is now it seems like tony jaw stuff is, is going direct to video i think he's someone that maybe in the 90s or 2000s tony jaw would have big screen movies here in the united states i think he'd be like kind of like an the jackie chan you know jet lee kind of mold um mm. and now the way that the, the market is where you've got to have these kind of big budget comic book movies to get into the, the mainstream yeah. or be like a fast and furious thing. Yeah. It's like, he's going to be direct to video. So it is great. But I mean, I think that, that's one thing I, I liked about uh, Avengement was I felt like, you know, Scott Adkins and this movie, like it's almost like it's doing some, some different stuff with action. Um, and, and he was just kind of like all in, he just, he bought in completely to what they wanted to do here. Yeah, exactly. Um, but what what I really found interesting when I was watching Avengement and was uh, how much I was relating it to the the Guy Ritchie film Snatch. I kept thinking the entire time I was watching it, it was this gritty British gangster thing with flashback scenes and sort of black comedy and raw action. It was um, yeah, I, I saw a lot of parallels with that film. Yeah, and then of course, like, yeah, I mean, the one thing this has that that Snatch doesn't, of course, is these well choreographed. Look, it's funny you say I, I say well choreographed, but they didn't feel, you know, when you watch them on there. I mean, there's that brutality and the sense that it's like 
you know, it, it, when you're watching Adkins fight these guys, it wasn't, it didn't have that feeling of like, okay, I'm going to do these hits and you do these hits. It, it felt yeah, like it would. Yeah. And I think that's one thing that really excited me about this movie was that it was like, yeah, like you talked about, you know, like kind of like the gritty, um, you know, British gangster film. But then with these really great fights in that were just so brutal, but yet so exciting at the same time. Yeah. And it's, so much of it comes from left field, too, that uh, he's having a quiet chat in the, in the pub and then just, uh, shoots the guy in the knee. I mean, that was uh, – I wasn't really expecting that. Um, <laughs> I, I think uh, that's what really works to the favour in this film is that um, so much of the action is uh, very quick thinking. Um, you, you don't see it coming. Yeah, and, and, and you know, normally when I watch a direct-to-video movie and they do a, a non-linear plot – uh, approach like this movie did usually i watch that and i'm like oh boy this isn't gonna work out and it generally doesn't it feels gimmicky and you kind of feel like yeah. okay you could have just told me this this way but then you know when i'm watching this one i'm thinking about it like okay well how would this have worked if it had been a linear plot and it, it doesn't really come off the same way as it does doing it this way where it's like yeah they're in the pub and they're and he, he's he's talking about and then you know, you kind of go through flashbacks i guess or it's going you know it's 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 you know things are happening that way it, it was a better way to tell the story it unfolded in a better way doing it that way which i thought was great and also again kept the action going and 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 kept the tension uh, you know in between the action scenes yeah that that's right um i, I couldn't see this being linear i mean if, if the movie started with him um you know in, doing the job and then going to prison and then going through all of that then being released or escaping and then going to the pub for half of a film it would be quite anticlimactic i don't think that would work so they were clever to do it the way they did where it starts where it starts and then kind of tarantino would a bit just going back and revisiting what happened to get you there yeah, yeah, exactly. And, it, and yeah, it didn't feel gimmicky. It felt like, okay, this is this is the way that this should have been told. Um, now, you know, looking at Scott Adkins overall, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I, I think I still got a good amount of his movies to see, but I feel like this one might be his best. I, I, I had this one tied with Ninja 2, but see, I don't like – the thing about Ninja 2 is he has the American accent in that. I don't like his uh, yeah. movies as much, so – I prefer when he has his, his natural accent. And this one, of course, allowed him to do that where he could just, you know, I mean, I don't think this is exactly how what his accent sounds like, the, the character that he was playing uh, in the movie there. But at least it was it was a UK accent. And, and that was a little bit better than, you know, an American. But I don't know. What do you think? Where does this one for you kind of rank with his other ones? It's definitely top three. I'm not too sure how I could do a top one, but mm-hmm. uh, I'd definitely say it's going to be tussling with um, Savage Dog and um, probably uh, Accident Man. I think those three, which are also one of his, you know, his, his most recent ones. Um, all three of them are Jesse Johnson films as well. Uh, I think that's like the same way that you had films with um, Isaac Florentine, and it was like you had that combo of Scott and Isaac. You know, you knew you were in for a good time. We now have a combo of um, Scott and Jesse, so um, that was so he did Triple Threat as well, right? Right, and the Debt Collector, oh. yeah. So yeah, and that's because I haven't seen Savage Dog yet. That's when I, I that's like, uh, definitely that's going to be my next on the list then for sure. Oh. Now, that, now that you mentioned that one, it's free on Netflix, but um, uh, I'm sure I don't surprise you when I picked up Blu-ray. Yeah, yeah, I totally can understand that. that you, you, it's interesting. Um, that's one thing I've noticed too with his movies is that that you can get a lot of them on DVD nowadays. A lot of these movies, 
you can't get them on on you know you, you can get like maybe like half of them it seems like the, the direct-to-video movies that come out the other half you have to stream in some way um yeah and that's actually i find that quite annoying um like i said at the start i'm i'm a physical media guy um i don't like having my film choices taken away in that at any point netflix could lose the rights or just decide to not show it in my country through you know geographical reasons so then i lose stuff so you know the um the uh, indonesian action film um the night comes for us that's one um that's probably one of the best action films of, of last year and uh that doesn't have a physical release on any format in any country and i find that very alarming yeah yeah that's something that i i think for me and I, a lot of people talk about that too because it's like you know one like you said you you don't know if if they're going to pull the rights um the other thing too i think that that, that, that is frustrating is like you know when you buy avengement on blu-ray you make one yeah. purchase price and you have it whereas in order to keep watching it on the streaming service you have to keep subscribing to the streaming service every month to be able to to view it other times um and then also you don't get um you know the commentary tracks and the other extras that come and um exactly. you know, definitely yeah it's nice to have that you know to find out what they were thinking especially i, I kind of almost prefer it when it goes wrong i want to hear the commentary tracks i want to see what they were thinking <laughs> when they did something yeah, but, you know a movie crazy. like this so it would be kind of like <clears throat> excuse me it's good to like hear why you know why did you know you know these things that i really liked about it what what were they thinking with those things as well yeah, yeah that, exactly i know what you mean um you 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 lose a lot with streaming. You, you gain the convenience that you can just, oh, I'll, I'll, I watch the latest and greatest thing, hit play, hey, I'm watching it. But it's not going to be like that forever. And I'm already hearing people complain that um, you know their favorite movies are being removed from the services. And as we get more and more, now we have Disney Plus, it's all being fractured. There'll be a point in time when you're going to be paying for 10 streaming services a month just to get the baseline. And that's going to cost you more. That's going to cost you, you know, hundred dollars a month just to have subscriptions. I, I don't, I don't buy that. I no, because, save yeah, up. It, <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Because it is. It's like that idea that you know, you, you, you know, the, the Blu-ray is, is, or you know, or even just a regular DVD. It's, it's an initial investment that you know could be expensive, especially if you get it right when it comes out. But it's that's it. The, the the price is there, and then you you know you have it as well. Um, you know, assuming nothing happens to the DVD itself, that it doesn't get scratched or something, you you've got it there, um, and you you know you'll have it. And it, it is one of the you know like Netflix right now they have a ton of of Scott Adkins movies here in the states, so it's like I can kind of just go through as many as they have. Um, but yeah, like the rights change quickly. Um, it, you know, a lot of these companies too, when they release new movies, they they try to just only do it with one streaming service. Um, you know, I, I've noticed yeah. a lot of them now. They 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 rent. You can rent them on streaming services. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, it's oh, that, that yeah, right. with rage. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no, it is. It's a frustrating thing, and I, I think it's one thing I, I have liked about these these Scott Adkins, Jesse Johnson movies is it does seem like a lot of these ones are available to purchase. That you know people want the physical copy, they can get that. I mean, I am someone who does more streaming, but I think for yep. me, I like that knowing that you. I, I don't like the idea of it only being on streaming. Yeah, that's right. I think I think everything's got its place. If people want streaming, that's fine, but I don't think it should be the expense of physical copies. I mean, Scott himself, I, I follow him on um, on Facebook and Instagram. 
when Accident Man came out, I think it was two years ago, um, he was making because he that that's a that was a passion project for it for him. I think he might have even co-directed, um, but he made many videos and and posts about you know please buy the film, please don't pirate the film. Then he had a video of him going into the shop. He went into the shop. He picked it up off the shelf. He was saying, "How good a deal is this? It's only nine ninety five. Taking it to the counter, buying his own film." So he's into physical media as much as me. Yeah, which I think that's great. I mean, yeah, I think that's kind of just just you know overall with him, he um, he feels I don't know if I say accessible is the right term because I don't think it's like you can just direct message him on Twitter or something like that and he's gonna <laughs> respond to you. But he there is a feeling like when you watch a Scott Adkins movie that he's thinking about what this is going to look like for us that are watching it um that you know i I want this to be something for my fans that way and it does feel like now that he's done more stuff that he has that ability to choose projects that let him do this i mean i think of some of the the real bad ones that he had like like legendary with dolph lundgren where it's like neither of them fought um you know it's another american accent one for him as well um but you know i haven't seen a lot of those kinds of things that he's doing lately like there's not that kind of a movie where he's it seems like he's picking projects and he's trying to make movies that he thinks he, he thinks that what he would as a fan would want to go to the store and purchase. Yeah, I think for the most part that's right. Um his he's got a really good hit uh, hit ratio on, on his his latest films particularly. There's a couple that haven't been particularly awesome. Um there's one called Incoming, which is a it's like a future um spaceship kind of movie he's in space he's got a again he's got a different accent maybe it's all the films where he's not speaking his normal tongue (laughs) but that one's really cheap it's must have been a favor kind of movie i'm not really sure but i didn't really enjoy that one um but for the most part yeah you've got hard target 2 you've got uh, accident man dead collector got abductions one of the newer ones and all the um, all the uh, Boyka films, Undisputed 2, 3, and 4. Um, that's a great series. And I'm grateful if we saw a 5, I think that would be entirely possible. Yeah, yeah. Now, now he does all of those Boyka, right? He did, those are ones he does with Florentine, right? I think all, all the yeah, Boyka right. ones. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it is interesting when you think about that. You, you're talking about that, that, like you know. I mean, like I always kind of joke with um with Seagal that uh, he works with Keone Waxman, and like you know maybe Keone Waxman's like the Seagal yeah. whisperer that he can like you know kind of get stuff out of. But I feel like that is a testament to Adkins that now we've got two different directors, you know Jesse Johnson and um and Isaac Florentine who just want to work with him as much as possible, that he must be that easy to, to deal with. I mean, I, obviously we don't know. We're not behind the scenes. We don't know that he, he maybe he is a diva that, that goes to his trailer, but it doesn't seem like he does. And and it feels like, you know, if, if they both are trying to work with him a lot, that he must, you know, he must really bring it in these movies. And I think that's maybe a good sign that multiple directors want to have him in as many movies as possible. Yeah, I agree. He, he does come off as, as like an everyman. Um, I, I do see a lot of um, of um, and I've just completely forgotten the guy's name. Um, the other uh, British action star, his name is on the tip of my tongue, and I've completely forgotten from Crank and um, you know exactly who I'm oh, talking. Oh, Statham, Jason Statham. Yes, Jason Statham. I can't believe yeah, I. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of similarities with with 
their fighting style, not just the fact that they both got a very similar um, sort of Liverpool British accent, but um, they've got similar fighting style. The, the, the shame with, with Statham is that he's doing less and less of that now and he's doing more big budget things. But um, it, it was good to see them in things like Expendables 2 opposing each other. Yeah, that movie in general, I, I, you know, when we're talking about JCVD, uh, uh, oh, sorry, uh, JCVD, um, yep. where I think Van Damme brings up the fact that he wasn't in the first Expendables because he um, he didn't like the part that Stallone gave him, and then I think he he saw how successful the Expendables was and thought, okay, I'm going to do the next one, and so Stallone's like, well, if you're going to do this, you're going to be the baddie, and it's like he steals the movie, and I don't know like if he was talking to Adkins about it or if maybe Adkins was just reading what Van Damme was doing because it feels like Adkins along with Van Damme steals the movie, like it's almost like like. Adkins is there as, the, as his number one baddie to help him steal the movie, and um, yeah, that fight scene that they had, Statham and 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 uh, and, and, um, and Adkins was just great. I mean, I, I mean, I love early in the movie when they, you know, Van Damme and Adkins have one of Stallone's guys there, the younger guy, and they just roundhouse kick the the knife into the guy there, and I oh, mean, yeah, brutal. I mean, it was just fantastic, and, and I think that that's kind of the thing with um with, with yeah with you know like that that idea with Statham. I mean Statham, I think earlier on was doing. I mean they were they were Hollywood movies, and maybe that's what what Adkins would be doing more of now if the market was different. Um, but they were kind of the same idea. I mean you know think of like the Transporter, um, that that kind of movie. Um, yeah. You know, it's a sort of high octane fight scenes, that big fight scenes where a lot happens, and it's almost like what's, what's interesting with Adkins is Adkins is sort of taking a different route where he's like, I want to work with as many guys that can really do it as possible. So it's like now, you know, Tony Ja, he's in, you know, in um, in Triple Threat, he's he's having great fight scenes there. Um, you know, is it is it IP Man or Ip Man? I don't know how to say that. Um, it, yeah, where where he's in in that one now too. It's like he wants to go up against the best and just show what he can do in those, those choreographed scenes and almost like take his, his skills to the next level. Um, and that's something I really like to see that it's not just, you know, I mean, yes, that Avengement is mostly him fighting against guys that are kind of stunt guys or, you know, guys that we don't know. Um, and, and there's no like real, um, you know, one-on-one big showdown kind of thing with a, with a big name, but it seems like he's, he's kind of doing a lot of that where it's like, yeah, I'm, I want to take on somebody big in a movie like this. Yeah, he is. He's, um, he's, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely my my go-to guy at the moment for, for any kind of action film. Uh, he, I was just just noticing just before just before uh, we started the call, um, I was flicking around on Facebook and it must have been brilliant timing. But um, they've just announced Debt Collectors, which is a second Debt Collector. So we've got more Scott coming. Yeah, I saw that. Now I'm trying to think. I think it might have um, Louis Mandalore in it, which I. You know, spoiler alert to anybody: We were under the impression that he didn't make it through the end of uh, the, the first Death Collectors, but, but um, you know, I guess we yeah, definitely in it. Yeah, I, we we didn't. I guess we didn't actually see him die. So um, yeah, so there's that. I mean, looks like he's got another one coming up too with um with Isaac Florentine called Seized. Um, yes, I just saw that. I I'm not too sure what that one's going to be about, but I'm assuming it'll be um, high octane action. It's got Mario Van Peebles in it. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, yeah. It just seems like yeah, everything he does. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Um, yeah. You know, with with Avengement, I was trying to think of like what my my favorite scenes. I mean, one funny story about Avengement was um, you know, we we have um this this Roku streaming player here at at our house, and um, 
um, you know, for a while, you know, people would just kind of, you know, you just accidentally sit on the remote control for it. And one of the buttons on it, I guess, um, the Roku company, they got sponsorships from some of the big streaming companies. And so there's actually a Netflix button on the remote that allows you to go right to Netflix. And somebody okay. must have sat on that and somehow also sat on the play button and started playing movies on, on, on Netflix <laughs> on my, my watch list. So we were switching through, you know, the different inputs on the TV and landed on the one that the, the Roku was on. And um, my wife and I are watching TV and it's that scene in Avengement where, and I hadn't even seen Avengement at this time. It was just in my queue to watch it. Um, that scene in the bar fight at the very end there where he, he bites off a piece of a guy's neck. Um, yeah. yeah, totally brutal. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my wife was like, "What is this? Turn this off!" You know, this is like, you know, and I'm like, "Oh, yeah, I'll, I'll figure it." I'm trying to figure it. We'll find the remote at that time because, you know, of course, we didn't have the remote anywhere near us. We were just, I was just, I didn't realize it was even on. Um, but it kind of told me, like, okay, this is gonna be, this is gonna be brutal. Um, but I feel like when you're watching it, the brutality is not like, I don't know. There, there are a lot of movies that have this sort of um, grafted-on brutality where it's like. Mm-hmm. The rest of the movie seems great, and then, oh, we're going to do a torture scene with the main guy. You know, you yeah, cut right. off some guy's finger or something like that. And just and it's really just gratuitous. This movie, I mean, I don't know if, I, I, again, I don't know if not saying, you know, using the word gratuitous. I, I, I mean, it was definitely brutal, and, and, you know, you could maybe call it gratuitous. But um, it felt like it all had its place there. And it didn't feel like there was anything where I had to be like, oh, I can't watch this. Or I just like, this is too much, or this is making me sick. It was the brutality in the movie worked and it, and it was never, it didn't feel like it was ever, again, I don't want to say excessive. I, I mean, it was definitely excessive. It was definitely brutal, but it, it, it always felt like it worked and it didn't feel like it was ever grafted on or they were just doing it for any kind of shock value or anything like that. No, it just, it, it just played in with the, the theme of it being rough British gangsters that just didn't stop for anybody. So I, I felt that it was completely all justifiable. Um, even the, uh, the crazy, you know, last 10 minutes or so when all the machine guns came out. Eh, I could imagine some uh, some bar fights with gangsters ending that way. Yeah, I mean, I mean that was the thing, is I think um, the movie did a lot of things to try to, you know, they, 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 they put a lot of things in there to make parts of it, I don't want to say believable, but make it a little bit more realistic. Like, you know, you look at Scott Adkins fighting whole groups of people at a time, and, and yes, you know, we kind of take for granted in an action movie that that's just what happens because it's fun. You know, it's fun to see that kind of thing. Whereas this one, they were trying to set it up that, like, no, this is how he had to survive in prison. He had to learn how to, you know, take one person out and, and, and be able to adjust himself to see the other person. But yet also it's like it never always worked for him either in prison. Like he would always – eventually the, 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 the group of guys would sometimes get the best of him and he'd have to kind of keep learning how to do it. And I thought that was an interesting approach that it wasn't just, he comes in with all of these skills and he can just take out five guys at once, but he sort of has to develop an ability to, to see his, his environment that way. That's right. I mean, he, I mean, he starts the film almost timid. Like he's, he's going to his brother to, to borrow some money and oh please, it's going to be a really great idea. And oh no, I won't give you the money. Just, you've got to go and do this hit for me. And, And the hit goes wrong and, He's it, he doesn't have any of these skills at that point, and then uh, yeah, then he's in prison, and things just keep getting worse and worse, and he has to uh, has to learn these skills, um, defend himself from all of the the other inmates. Yeah, and and you know, it's 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 
I think one of the things is that you know there's so many movies where you know the, the movie takes place in prison, um, and again I think that's one thing that was good about this having the non-linear approach was that it wasn't just an in-prison movie. It was there was a lot of things that were happening outside the prison, but also again the the main setting is happening outside the prison, and I I thought that was a good approach to not just have it feel like your your run-of-the-mill prison movie because it wasn't that. It was it was definitely something more than that. Oh yeah, absolutely. It was very, I think, very little to do with the prison movie. I mean, that was the that was where he found himself, but it was more, it was more about um, confrontation with his brother. Um, it, it was more about the the opening scene of it being in this pub. Um, the prison stuff was just the journey on how he got there, but it wasn't the focus of the film. Uh, that definitely did. Did did work with the uh, the non-linear way that they filmed it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It kind of prevented it from because you, you would have just had this huge swath in the middle that would have just been him in prison, um, you know, trying yeah. to make himself into who he was, or as you know, I, I should say, make himself into who he was, but also turning into who he was. Um, and and you know, we kind of see that that progression. And I, it was it was different. You know, I think that was one thing for me that surprised me about the movie because I think seeing all the clips and everything, it's all just Atkins, you know where he ends up and so i just thought okay he's just like this bad you know this badass gangster guy who uh who you know is like out for revenge and you know didn't realize that there was a bit of a, a buildings roman i guess for black or better <laughs> they were kind of developing him into this person in the movie which i thought was cool to see and again it was like the way that they did it by building him up it was through these these really great uh, action scenes, these really great fight scenes that were well choreographed and and were a lot of fun to watch, despite how brutal they were. Yeah, completely agree. Um, it was it's probably the the best character building I think I've seen on an Adkins film. Um, probably you know, parallel with his journey on um, from Undisputed two, three, and four. Um, he really changes in those films, um, particularly like Undisputed two. He's he's the bad guy. You don't you're happy that he loses but through three and four he's effectively the good guy i mean he's kind of neutral but you're rooting for him from those films onwards um and i find that yeah with avengement you you've got this um you really you're really believing with the character you are on his journey with him and um it's uh yeah it's very believable um and how he portrayed that yeah, yeah. It, 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 you, there was a lot of buy in there. Like you could tell that this was a project that. And again, I don't know how it works with him and, and Jesse Johnson. If it's like he finds the project and he asks Jesse Johnson to, or no, because Jesse Johnson wrote this as well. So I mean, maybe he even wrote it with with Adkins in mind, or they I had had some. Oh, oh, go ahead. Oh, as I said, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I think that that always helps with this kind of movie too, because I think for a lot of direct-to-video movies that we watch, and I'm not trying to, you know, because I love obviously I'm a huge fan of direct-to-video movies, that's a, you know, with the blog and everything, but um, you know, a lot of the movies that we watch, I think it feels like, you know, the script came across the actor's desk and and or the the, the agent kind of pushed it or however that works, and <laughs> they just saw it, kind of made a decision like, okay, yeah, I'll do this one. And maybe they're meeting the director for the first time. Maybe they've known the director before. But um, this one felt like it was something where it was like there was just total investment from, from everybody involved. And that 
that has a way of elevating this a kind of movie like this. I mean, it's almost like what you see when you watch an independent movie, a, a low-budget independent movie, um, only the low-budget independent movie doesn't have the quality of this at the same time. So it's like that combination of the buy-in, the quality of the film overall, just made something that just sort of elevated it beyond like what we usually see from direct-to-video movies. Yeah, I agree. Um, and that's the same case with, with his other film, with Jesse Accident Man. Um, you, I think you're right that they probably are mutually coming together on a script and then adapting it to suit Scott rather than just to suit an action person. Um, I think that's what's making the quality of these films that we're seeing from these two really, really high. That uh, it's it's tailored. His action, is, uh, Jesse's action directing is tailored to Scott's performance and Scott's performance is tailored to um, the direction from, from Jesse. So, yeah, they, they've got a... I don't want to say it's like Keonians to Seagal because I think that's a different kettle of fish. That's more... Uh, Keonian shoots the camera and Seagal will show up and say a few mumbled lines and go back to his trailer. Uh, I think this is the great combination that we have with these two, just like uh, with Isaac. I think they they work very well together. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's yeah, I think I think it's a good a good uh, a good uh, contrast to pull there because uh, yeah, like I said, I th- yeah, I think with with Kony Wax, but I think it is like that idea that like he knows what Seagal's willing to do, and he's able to make the movie around that, and then Seagal I think appreciates that Keone knows what he's willing to do, so there's no struggle there. Um, you know that, that you know that. Kyoto's not going to ask him to do something that he knows Seagal generally doesn't want to do, and then I think that there's that synergy there where it's almost like yeah, like you know, Joe, you know, lack of a better way that you know, Kenny Wackman's the the Seagal whisperer. Like he just knows what what he could do to to get the most out of Seagal in a movie, and then Seagal appreciates it. Yeah, it does feel like with these, um, and maybe the same thing is happening with Isaac Florentine as well because you know they're doing a lot of movies together, and I think it's this idea to, you know, Isaac Florentine's one who his movies just all seem to have, like, he, he's he's trying to draw in from a lot of influences that he had growing up with, you know, Hong Kong films and, and those kinds of things, and it's almost like, he, I, I feel like maybe working with Adkins, like, he's found someone who that, you know, kind of buys into his vision with these movies, and and so they're they're coming, I mean, I, I think some, a lot of Isaac Florentine's best stuff seems to be coming now with, with the stuff that he's doing with Adkins, too, so it's I, I think it's part of why they, 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 they're working with him, but I think there is that element where they're, um, they're 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 creating projects around him, or he's even having input or something like that. But it's not just you know a script flying across Atkins' desk and he's saying, "Yeah, I'll take it." It, it feels like yeah, he's he's involved with these projects. Yeah, it's, it's collaboration of some sort. Yeah, it, it, Avengement is. I mean, I, I'm trying to think of some of my favorite scenes in the movie. I mean, I think. One thing I love is I think what makes good action is if the 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 fight scenes build off each other or the action builds off each other. I think that's what what made PM Entertainment's model so great is that you know you start off with a really great action scene and you just keep building it from there. Um, you know this movie didn't even really do that. This movie was like kind of a slow burn to start where you're just but but they they create this character in Atkins right away where you're just like I want to know what's happening with this guy. I know he's about to do something. I know he's yeah, going to pull something. I just want to see when it happens. And when he's in the bar there drinking the pints at the very beginning, you're just waiting for when does the other shoe drop? And, I mean, once it does, it's like the whole thing just kind of goes from there. Um, and it just felt like every fight scene, they, they made an attempt to try to make that next one bigger. Um, I mean, there were a few in between that were a little bit on the smaller side, like when he's um, you know, he, he's in the, the, the – 
the, the morgue of the hospital there and he's in the elevator and he yeah. you know fights off the police officers that were holding him there um, that was kind of a smaller one compared to some of the you know the big prison ones but there's a sense that man when he's in the bar there that's going to be a good one at the end and it, and it delivered and i think that's one thing I, I always appreciate in a good action movie is that the it, it builds on itself that like they're they're going to make the next one bigger and better than the, the one before it yeah i agree I, and with the bar scene i mean i found that the whole whole thing bar was sitting on the bar slowly drinking wine yeah and, and i think oh oh go ahead oh sorry simon i think you, you cut out there for a second no i'm still here Okay. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, it's it's funny because I think you were talking about like that tradition of the um the the, uh, the the English gangster film, and there's always that character in the English gangster film that's kind of like a poser or like you know a wannabe. Um, and yeah. and it's always funny. I mean, I, I I guess if if I were an actor and I needed to get in the business, I would do it. You know, I'd I take the part. Um, and and somebody has to play that part in a movie for it to work. Um, but it, it was kind of funny seeing that character because you knew he was that character. You know that we we've seen him in in so many of those movies. And um, when yeah. that guy shows up and he starts telling the story, and you hear you see Atkins at the bar drinking his pint and laughing at him. Um, you you you, you kind of it was it kind of all made sense at that point like okay yeah now now I get where I I, I knew where I was supposed to be um, and it, it's just about wait, waiting for that next thing to happen. Yeah, that's right. I, I, on on the the point of that character, um, I really loved the way that he didn't he never didn't drop that the entire time. He was still the wussy little guy that was uh, trying to impress all his friends, and then at the very end. He shows up with all the machine guns and doesn't land a single shot because he's just <laughs> not prepared. Right, exactly. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, everything kind of, you know. I mean, yes, it, you want to say everything worked out for Atkins because it does. I mean, he's, he's he gets quite a few, uh, you know, hits. He gets stabbed and whatever. So it's it's not like it it all worked out. But that was kind of one of the funny things is that that was the guy that you know he sneaks out to get the gun and um yeah he wasn't any, wasn't able to shoot anyone. Um yeah, I mean you know. Thinking about that movie, I was trying to think of like what my 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 all-time favorite part, and I almost think it was like it wasn't necessarily. I mean, there, there were so many great scenes in it, but it was I think that that feeling that like something big is going to happen, um, you know, at, at any moment here, and I think that helped that um, the way that they they told the story it allowed them to manipulate the story so that they could get the action in 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 the right part, so that we didn't ever feel like we were waiting too long for something to happen. Yeah, that's right. Um, everybody was in the action on this one, even the bar girl. Uh, they, they definitely uh, didn't leave us waiting too long between action scenes to get more action. Uh, even when he's, uh, you know, on the tail end, when he's off um, talking to the uh, the accountant, that's only a very small break in the otherwise very long um, pieces of action. So, uh, yeah, it's almost. Like it gave us a chance to catch our breath and be able to go on to the, that was yeah, about, be able to go to the next one. I mean, and, and I think that's 
you know, that was kind of thing. I mean, when, when he's in the prison there and they're kind of telling stories about him going into, you know, I mean, they kind of take you through that in a way that makes you feel like you, not that you're, you're, you're experiencing like Scott Atkins, but you get the sense of, of, of it. It's, it's just like every day he's out in the yard, people are trying to take him down. People are trying to kill him. Um, you know, we, we get a sense of the story why we find out that, you know, that somebody's put a bounty on him in the prison. Um, and, and, you know, it's, so it's, there's a reason why he's getting attacked every day. It's not just because they, they, they don't like him or whatever, but he's, there's a reason for it. But you, you kind of get through the process of it. Like, okay, it's just like one thing after another that he's, you know, every time he's allowed into the general population, he's going to get attacked. And that kind of that, that fatigue that comes with that and all of it, it, it really takes you through a lot of that. And I, I thought that was another great way. I mean, again, using the nonlinear plot, they were able to do that where you could feel what it was like to be Atkins's character having to go through that and having to find his way to to fight back and, and not be a victim in the prison yeah and I think um my my favorite scene in the film sort of answers to that and that was the the montage of him when it really is just getting too much in the prison and they consolidate it all into just two minutes of him getting into a fight getting thrown into the cell facing up to the uh the jury again and then just wash rinse and repeat and each time he comes back with more scars and metal teeth and that's the thing that, that those scenes make him and then at the very end of it he has to go in and talk to his mum right right it was, such and a it was a, reality check yeah well I think that was a kind of it's a good point that it, like using the mom to juxtapose what was happening in the prison so we could like yeah, yeah that, like this is what he's turned into but then here's his mom who's still on the outside um was was really exciting i think yeah i i, I like you know, again that was a, a mistake that the debt collector made that this movie didn't make and, and that was that it wasn't um they kind of consolidated a lot of the that area that where it could have gotten repetitive they consolidated into that montage and and didn't allow it to do that which i thought was really good because i you know the debt collector i think was it was good i enjoyed it but it, it did feel like it got repetitive um, with the way it was sort of like, oh, we're going to go on another job, and then it, it, it's going to go sideways. And they tried to mitigate it with the whole Tony Todd aspect at the end, uh, yeah. but it felt like it almost came in too late, and it and it, it, it almost didn't fit with the rest of it. This was good because this was – they. It was almost like Jesse Johnson knew where he made that mistake with Debt Collector, and he corrected it here in a way that made the whole thing work so much better. Um, made made Avengement that much better of a movie compared to the Debt Collector. Uh, uh, collector. Yeah, he very well could have um, sort of taken that on board, everything that was uh, not quite uh, firing with all cylinders in um, in Debt Collector. I mean, I really enjoyed Debt Collector, but you are right. It's, it's the lesser of the films, and you can see uh, what he's learnt and then applied to Avengement, um, which, again, just makes me more excited for the combination of these two guys and, and maybe we'll see with um the second debt collectors maybe that'll make up for it yeah i i really am excited to see what's going to happen with that movie because uh uh again we thought lewis mandalore was dead and i, I noticed he uses lewis mandalore um some because i think he, he uses him in avengement as well um and and so um i mean lewis mandalore seems like he's almost kind of going the, the eric roberts route where he's going to try to get in as many movies as he can and, and uh, you know have smaller parts <laughs> in the so <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see kind of what happens there. But um, yeah, so you know, wrapping up here, Simon, did you have any any final thoughts or anything else on, on Avengement? Oh, final thoughts. Well, I don't know. It's um, I think I just stand by the fact that it's, it's in my top three Adkins films, and being the latest one that I've watched, um, and I've watched it 
um, I think at least at least three times now, um, which is more than I can say for most of the other films. Oh, in fact, in fact, that's probably yeah. I, I don't think I've watched any of his more than twice at this point. So three times for Avengement. Um, I guess that does answer the original question of um, what my favourite one of his is, and and I guess it has to be Avengement based on that. I've watched it the most times. So um, nobody's got any excuse to not watch it. It is free on Netflix, and everyone's got Netflix, so um, everyone should check it out. Yeah, and I think if you watch any action movies on Netflix, it's usually like the first one that they suggest to you. Like, you know, Avengement, <laughs> there it is. And so um, I know You're they were pushing me right? to watch it. Yeah, it was uh, one of the, I mean, I think when I was on hiatus, it felt like Netflix was always trying to get me to watch more of, uh, you know, as many Scott Atkins movies as possible. But um, yeah, that would, it, it, I think for me, like, I haven't seen Savage Dog yet, so I really need to see that one. But, you really need to see Savage Dog. Yeah, so so I know what my next Atkins movie is going to be for sure. Uh, but for me, I think this one is, is his best just because it is like, you know, it does feel like, between the buy-in, the fact that he's, you know, he's not using his natural UK accent, but he's at least using something closer to what, you know, what, what he's more comfortable with as opposed to an American accent. Um, and I think just the, the overall buy-in and the, the synergy between him and Jesse Johnson and the way that this whole thing uh, plays out. And I think the whole cast really does a really great job with this, where they're really, you know, playing their parts and he just kind of goes with it. And just the, the action scenes, the brutality but yet, how, how well choreographed they are with that brutality, I think, is just it just made that thing so fantastic. Yeah, couldn't agree more. It was everything I wanted from an action film. It's uh, well, I don't think it cracks ninety minutes, so it doesn't pass that uh, that crucial time point when I start looking at my watch. Right. Um, it's it's uh, not filled with terrible CG explosions and. CG blood squibs, like everything looks real, it looks gritty. Um, I think that also really just helps it shine above so many of the other films, um, where everything is uh legit. It's it's filmed like it was something PM would have done, but better, bigger, and uh, yeah, far more satisfying than um, so much more of the, the DTV action that comes out uh, on Netflix and such these days. Yeah, yeah, it really is that one that I think it's like it's worthy of thinking. Of. I, 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 again, I can't think of a movie that's come out, and I, I've got plenty to catch up on since I, when I was on highest, but I, I can't <laughs> think of a movie that's come out that has had the kind of buzz that this one's had, where it's like kind of just a universal, you know, everybody loves this movie and everybody really wants to just get after it. And, and I mean, it, it is it's just it's just a high octane, just it just you know, for for someone like Atkins who's just doing so much high octane stuff. This is like it feels like this is like I said I got to see Savage Dog for sure now to to compare it but it feels like like this is the most high octane this is kind of the best of that kind of thing. Yeah, I think it is, um, and it's funny that you say that uh, it's the one on the tip of everyone's tongue. Like Triple Threat was was going to be um, the big one. It had you know all the cast that was in that film, Jay White and uh, Eco and Tony Yar and everybody in that film, and it's a good film, but it's not Avengement, and Avengement's just Scott, and I think that says a lot. Yeah, well, because you think about that movie, Triple Threat, there's kind of a, you know, the plot kind of goes all over the place. There's a lot more just, like, machine guns 
you know, yeah. blowing things up. And, and also, you know, that, that whole concept uh, construct there where you've got your characters kind of trying to run away from the, the bad guys and Scott Atkins is the bad guy. You know, I don't think that ever – I mean, when I watched – when I started watching Triple Threat, there's that scene in the beginning where, you know, where, um, you know after the – you know, there, there's the kind of the initial raid where they get Scott Atkins out. Um, you know, you've got that scene there where, where um, you, know, um, you know, Tony Jaa and, and them, they're, they're kind of like the three guys are there. Um, you know, all together in, in, I don't know if it's Tony Jaa's apartment or, you know, whatever character's apartment, but, um, they're, they're, they're all there together and there's a sense of like, okay, um, you know, when they talk about, you know, they're, they're kind of taking shots together. Um, I, I was thinking like, okay, this is going to be these three guys just going in badass style, just like, you know, um, just, just going in and fighting everybody, just taking everybody out. And when it didn't play out that way, I thought, okay, how is this going to work? And like you said, it was a good movie, but there is something to be said for the fact that this one was just Scott Atkins, and he, man, he just got after it um, for yeah, that movie. And, yeah, yeah. And, and I think that plot also played out a little bit better than this one because it, it, the way that they, 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 they did that, um, you know, this one here, with Triple Threat, it, it was a little bit weird to see, you know, uh, Ja, you know, Tiger and, and, and Nico running away. Or I guess Eco isn't running away because he's not like he, – he ends up kind of like not being with them and he's got his own master plan about how he wanted yeah, to get revenge. Yeah, and yeah it it's was – it, too many cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> right, right. And, and yeah, this one didn't have too many cooks. I mean this one had a plot that was, you know, when you get to the, the, the meat of the plot of like what the brother is up to, um, yep. that was a little bit – there were a lot of moving parts there. It felt like there were, there were multiple moving parts there, but it wasn't anything that detracted from the movie or, or kept people from doing things that we wanted them to do. It felt like it all flowed nicely. And you didn't even have to really get what was happening there with the brother to understand, to, to, to enjoy the movie, uh, which I thought was good too, that it was, you know, that you could separate that part of it and still kind of, you know, enjoy the action part of it and enjoy kind of how, how Scott Adkins was in the movie. Yeah, agreed. It um, it had a very good flow to it, um, but uh, yeah, Scott completely owns the film. Um, probably, yeah, as I was saying, his uh, his best uh, character development in a film since uh, since Boyka. So uh, I know we can't see an Avengement too, but that would be that would be. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I, I know something maybe along the lines of Avengement Two, maybe like a, an unofficial sequel, maybe where it's just kind of something similar to this, but it's not. Yeah, not the exact thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Well, well. So, Simon, we're, we're going to wrap up here. Um, uh, before we do, though, wh- where can people find you on social media and whatnot? Okay. Well, I mean, the uh, the blog is still kicking. I am. <laughs> I, I have been on my own hiatus with that, um, having. Uh, a, a child that's uh, now six has taken so much time away from being able to review films. So, but there is still uh, explosiveaction.com uh, is where I do get to do reviews when I can. Um, and on uh, Facebook and Instagram, it's also uh, just look for explosive action and you'll find me. Excellent. Yeah. Oh, and then you also got as well. Oh, go ahead. You, I was going to say my strange one. That's my, um, it's almost a bit more personal. It's it's for the it's for explosive action, and that's how I craft it. But a lot of it's just me, um, and the, the the things that I pick up, the stuff that I buy, and like the latest movies that I collect. It's um, it's it's the odd one out of all of them, but it's funnily enough the one that I end up spending the most time on. Yeah, I was going to say because I found the YouTube channel. I'm trying to get a a direct to video YouTube channel. Um, and and oh, please do. 
yeah, be able to comment on, on your on your videos because that was how I, I found out. Uh, well, I think you posted on Instagram that you had Secret of King Mahi's Island, but then also I was looking on, on YouTube for resources that I it, or looking, yeah, just kind of in general, and and it came up on there. I was like, oh, look at that! Explosive Action has a, a YouTube page as well, which um, I think for anybody who's who's either into collecting or just like loves, you know, I know um, people just kind of love seeing. Um, you know VHSs and things like that. That you know it, that that the YouTube channel is great. It's definitely uh, worth a look at, and definitely also explosive Instagram on Instagram because um, I know you're you're always kind of showing uh, new pieces to your collection, um, new things. I think when I was on hiatus, Instagram was like one of the only things I was using. So yours and I think like um, ex uh, exploding helicopter and a few uh, after movie yep. diner that I was following on on Instagram. So I was able to kind of keep in touch with those kinds of things that way. Because. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I I know how it is with the, with the, with blogging. It, it it you know I can I'm able to get in one a week, um, but it seems like these other medium like you know like like Instagram and those you can kind of you can you can get things out there a little bit quicker. And, but I also I think that's how people are consuming things now more too. I think that's true, which is why I've not entirely been like that worried that I haven't been able to get to the full you know eight paragraph reviews um, because I can put put a film on, take a photo of me watching it and put up one paragraph on Instagram. And I'm thinking it's almost doing a similar thing. It's certainly getting the film out. I mean, most of the time I'm, I'm not trying to just, you know, speak words for the sake of it. I'm just trying to say this film is worth seeing. And uh, I can do that as well in one, uh, one or two sentences on Instagram. So that's uh, where I've been spending quite a lot of the time. Uh, but I do plan to try and do more actual reviews. The last one I did was the latest Rambo. Um, mm. Which, um, which I did like, actually, the latest Rambo, but um, certainly not what I was expecting, but <laughs> it, uh, I did enjoy it, but I, I do need to do more reviews. It's just yeah. tough that time. Yeah, it's it's hard to find. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think I'm, you know, I kind of I get the one in a week now because that was, you know, when I was on hiatus, it was, yeah, you know, I was kind of like I, I couldn't think of doing anything, and now I've, I've kind of been able to find a rhythm with it. But it, it is there are some of those weeks where I'm like, um, you know, what I what I almost try to do is like if I have time, I do like three reviews at, at, at once, and then then it's like okay, I know when when those other weeks come where I have no time, I'm like okay, I've got I've got some in the hopper there that I can just kind of pull from. But um, it <laughs> does seem and like I thought with. Yeah, I mean, I thought with Instagram, I was going to be going on Instagram all the time, and I'm doing now. I'm only like really posting when I post something else, like a podcast or a, um, or a blog uh, post. Then I'm posting on Instagram, and I was hoping to kind of do more with Instagram. So I mean, maybe I will eventually, but it, it is one of those things where like you you think you're going to have time, and then you just it, it, it ends up not working out that. And of course, I, my, my wife and I, we don't have any kids, so there's not you know we just have cats, so there's we don't even have that time crunch that that you have with that as well. So I can only imagine that it's it's not easy to get things up there. The, the problem I really have is is uh, not the the not finding the 90 minutes to watch the action film is to then sit down, digest, remember the characters' names, because I'm terrible at that kind of stuff, and then try and put together a cohesive review, which ends up taking me twice as long as the movie itself. So the whole thing together takes you know, seven hours, which I know others... I mean, yourself, I don't know how long it takes you to, to turn a, a watching into a review, but I, I seem to take quite a long time when I'm doing them. Yeah, it's it's part of it, too. So like one of the things, sometimes what will also happen is, is I will think about how I want to write the review and then I'll read other people's reviews and think like, Oh, that's right. I forgot about that part. <laughs> and be like, okay, I, need to, I, want, I wanted to mention that when I was watching it because I don't take notes anymore. That's the other thing too. I just watch them, which I think it helps to have a, a notebook or something and 
sort of take notes on what you're seeing. And I know people do it that way and I probably should do it that way, but I just, I never think to. So yeah, there's that part and, you know, getting the images from the movie as well, trying to find three, yes. you know, that, yeah, all, yeah. But time consuming. I, I do not know how Ty from Comeuppance manages to do so many reviews. He's never stopped. Yeah. Doesn't. Yeah, it, it is amazing. I mean, it, it, it's like, yeah, he just, they, they kick out one a week. And I mean, I, I know because he's also a big collector too. They have a ton to get through as well. Like he'll, he'll joke about it. Like he's got a pile that like uh, they've got to, uh, to get through because so they, they're, they're not planning on, on stopping anytime soon either. They're just going to kind of keep, keep rolling and kind of keep moving through it. I always find it funny. I haven't checked it in, in, in a little while, but for the longest time, and he's coming soon to review page, he had um, Collision Course. It was up there for like six years. Mm -hmm. We're going to get Collision Course soon. I don't know if he did or not. Right. <laughs> I found that quite funny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that's part of it. It's like they, they have so many that they're just like, okay, we know we're going to get to that one eventually. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it's sort of kind of what happens with all of us, I think. Because I know like my letterbox has like my to watch list and I, I a lot of times i'm watching things that aren't even on that watch you know to watch list i want it's like oh there's this on netflix why don't i check that out and so uh, yeah that kind of causes an issue as well like you there's so there's so much out there now i mean it's it's a good thing i guess but then also you know how many avengements do you find you know and it, i guess it doesn't have to always be an avengement but um you know it, there's so much out there and and you 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 kind of just have to kind of sort through it and go go based on what people are recommending and stuff like that and um to try to pick the right ones because yeah it's um things look good and then it's like maybe they aren't that good and when you're you know like for me if i'm doing one review a week that's like four a month and it's like you know you almost want to try you know it, it yeah it, it, it's like almost a tendency to only do like dolphin seagal because people know those ones but you know it's good to kind of get out there now atkins of course it feels like i've got to do it and atkins one every month now too because he's got so much stuff out there he's got a lot he's, he's definitely in the public's eye a lot more than he has been um yeah. but yeah i always find it hard to to um split my time between uh new films that are coming out um and catching up on old stuff i still haven't seen all the pm entertainment films yet and i've just acquired a bunch more so i'm gonna be going back to 1993 very soon right that's another thing too i know i've got quite plenty of those like those skyscrapers one i've been meaning to get to for a while with a oh, and nicole smith oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and so Perhaps i know that one bumpy yeah. ride <laughs> right exactly so it's like okay i gotta do these and yeah you're exactly right it's like you know there's like however many dtv movies that are coming i mean one thing that has been helping is a lot of the 2019 ones don't go right to netflix a lot of them you have to rent them and it's like okay well if i got a pay extra for this movie i'm just going to do something else instead oh fair enough yep yeah yeah. All right. Now, now, just to reminding everybody in terms of me, you know, um, the, the, the blog is uh, dtvconnoisseur.blogspot.com. Uh, um, you know, find me on Twitter, uh, Instagram um, at dtvconnoisseur, and then um, on Facebook, it's direct-to-video connoisseur. So I, I, I don't some reason I, I wrote the full name out for Facebook, but not for the other two. So um, it's still the old places. Find us there. You know, feel free to, to comment. Um, let us know about the podcast or, or blogs or anything like that. And, and, and we'll, uh, you know, I'm happy to help out with anything there. But um, Simon, thank you for, for staying up in Australia and for being on the show. I'm, I'm really glad to have had you on here. I know I've been wanting to do this for a while, and I'm, I'm really glad to have you on. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm really glad that we could make it work. Um, very much. Yeah, we'd be very happy to join you again. All right. Excellent. We'll definitely we'll try to work that out for sure. Um, and thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, till next time, have a good one.
sound of a patient whose health data is protected from a cyber attack. And that, that's the sound of a financial system that's digitally secured from bad actors. Right now, there's an invisible war being fought on a digital battlefield that impacts what we do every day. That's why at Paraton, we do the can't be done to help protect the vital systems we rely on. Because if we don't, the alternative is unimaginable. Paraton.